Well, hello there. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. I uh, hope you're doing well. I'm doing wonderfully. I am currently recuperating from the insane week we just had at uh, Photo Plus Expo in New York City. The Headshot Crew contingent was very strong there. So everybody was there. It was great seeing you all. We had a blast. Everybody who wasn't there, just that let let don't let that happen again. Just make sure you're there next time. Anyway, before we get to the podcast, I have to drop a few shout outs. First of all, congratulations to Doug Sturgeon. He won Headshot of the Week. Really cool shot, man. Congratulations. Now it's time to, uh, you've won twice now, so now it's time to uh, hit that road to associate status. Speaking of associate status, Lisa Marie Payne, congratulations. She made associate photographer in the headshot crew, so huge shout out to her. Congratulations. All right, guys, let's get into this week's episode. We had a very interesting episode. So I was supposed to interview Ben and uh, Ben Markham and David Logobardo, we had a very specific topic planned, but uh, they pulled one on me. They pulled one over on me. They uh, they hijacked the podcast and decided to make it all about me. So if you're interested in more about me, keep listening. If you could care less, then move on to the next episode. No, I'm kidding. Listen to it. It was in, I think it was interesting, but it's my life. Of course, I think it's interesting. So, all right. Let's just get into it. Let's not waste any time. All right, here we go. All right, enough of that. Get over here. We're going to start right now. Three, two, one. Shopping! All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Another another week, another Why episode. Why are you talking? Hey, whoa, Pedro, stop this. Um, this this is an intervention. What? Wait, we, no, we, interview. Sorry, interview. Yeah, yeah completely words. different. We, we normally don't do the other ones recorded. Right. Um, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, what is Ben uh, Markham and David Longobardo? We are here to i don't know how you normally introduce this thing but screw it we're here to interview pedro because we're awesome and we love him and he hasn't been interviewed and it's about time yeah i mean he it is his podcast and all but uh we figure we want to we want to dig deep uh into him and uh, we, we want to know more the yeah no it's it's good dave get more of your face on the camera so you guys out in podcast land can't see like we're actually doing this all like skypey video stuff so we can see each other's mugs and um we've got bizarro dave going on as well with the uh best three musketeers uh activity ever so anyway enough about dave pedro how you doing buddy i'm 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 nervous but i'm doing okay why are you nervous? What is there to be you? You've been on the other end of this microphone thing. Well, here's the thing: is that usually when I do these podcasts, I have like I I I like to prepare. Like I always have a list of questions, and if I'm doing a topic based conversation, I always have like topics to fall against. Uh, I have nothing. Yeah, so like much in the way that we don't. Yeah, were we supposed to prepare? Oh Jesus! Oh yeah, no. This is this is going off there. Uh, I I I have coffee, so I'm prepared there. Okay. And uh, so just so everybody knows, too, if you've heard the last several, they've been recorded uh, in the evening. And so, you know, evidently my catchphrase on the last one was I'm just drinking my martini because it was cocktail hour here in the States. So it's morning time. So now I'm just drinking my coffee. 
So Pedro, yes. let's get into you. So get into me, I, Ben. I'm deeply into you. Now so we're gonna, I, we're slowly work our way deep inside, but right now we're just gonna start um, just, just gonna, with the, with the top stuff, you know? Oh God, that that. Well, so, actually, I'm gonna go back to. Go ahead. Yeah, the, the I, audio I, quality I, is slowly degrading, so you're gonna have to repeat what you just said. No, it's okay. We don't need to. And I'll, I'll teach you how to do edits later. So I want to go back to um, pre you picking up a camera. Um, I, you, you were an actor and, and such before a uh, photographer, correct? Yes, that is true. So like, were you do like, what sort of acting were you doing? Like, were you doing TV stuff, theater stuff, whatever would write check stuff? I was, I was a hundred percent a stage actor. So I went to, I went to high school. It was a high school equivalency, equivalency program for, for acting. And I was trained as a classical actor. Um, and that's, so I remember I was a crappy if not to say shitty student when I was when I was in when I was a kid, um, and then I remember I went to counseling and everything. Oh God, this is really going deep. I went to counseling, and the school counselor she told me like, "Hey, um, are you aware that there's this school for actors? Like, because I know you have a lot of energy, and like, have you thought about this?" And I thought, "Huh, that might be interesting." And so as I thought more and more about it, about the idea of being an actor, it, it got more and more appealing to me. And so I decided to make the jump. And so I went to high school for acting. And then I decided that it was either move forward with my acting career or keep, keep studying, going to college for it. And I decided, hey, what the hell, I'll just go to college for it. And at, in the first year of my, of my, um, in the first year of college, I bought my first camera and it was, it was the worst decision I've ever made when it comes to my acting career. Instantly. Right, so to stay, to stay with the acting. Um, I know we're just, we're about to jump, you know, jump the shark real quick into your photography. Cause sure. I know that story, you know, how all of a sudden you shift. Uh -huh. Um, but what was it, what was it about acting that appealed to you? You were, it was suggested to you by your counselor. You know, and then you did it and then really kind of went after it, you know, high school and then college. So what was it that was like, this is this is for me? I've always been a make believe kid. Like I've always I've never. Whenever like when I was a kid, when I when I played around, I never had a lot of toys. So when my parents asked me, like, hey, what do you want for for, for like, we're going to give you a gift or whatever. I always asked for costumes instead of toys because I would watch a lot of movies like I still remember vividly vividly watching star wars the phantom menace and at the time i thought it was a kick-ass movie oh no and like okay, no, minus jar jar it was a kick-ass movie it is a good movie and yeah this is a little segue if you if you've heard about the darth jar jar theory then that movie gains a whole new light and I see that neither, neither of you know this. We will talk about this no, later. No, I, I do, but I also know things that happen later that debunk all of it. And, but we'll talk about that completely later because I'm not giving away. this on our Star Wars podcast. Yeah, yes. Star, that's, next week is the Star Wars episode. Exactly. Anyway, uh, so I was always – I always like to pretend I was Spider-Man or pretend I'm a Jedi. So it was always like there was an actor 
in me when I was a kid. I just didn't know it. So when I was presented with that, like, hey, you could do this for a living. Like, what? You can do this and get paid for it? Some people. <laughs> well, I didn't well, say no, it's a it's a tough life and the, i you know it's the the theater world in general you know acting designers you know it's there's a, a billion people who want the gigs and like 10 gigs yeah. you know so it's tough it was so tough that i decided to move on to the extravagant life of photography <laughs> all right so i okay go ahead go ahead that's sorry that's that's and that's the that's your like your transition point too like you were talking about and i'm gonna just I'm gonna do the the quick version of it. You know, they you you bought a camera. Somebody asked you to take some shots of, um, you know, the a, a stage play occurring. You took some pictures, and you were like, "Wow, this is kind of awesome!" And boom, you fell into photography. That's the gist ex- of it. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, How much so, of my life do you really know, David? Well, here's the thing, Pedro. We've we've gotten to know a lot about you over the course of you know the podcast. You know, you've. The way that you interview, you talk about some of your anecdotes and stuff. So we're we're here to try to really like get in, dig around, dig around up in up in like the cavity of of your nostrils. I'm the good boogers. I think I'm uncomfortable now. Wow. All right. So let so let's pick it up there where where Dave just jumped massive uh, chunks of your artistic life. Uh, thanks dave um way to sum it up buddy well yeah. no because i because what i wanted to, i wanted to kind of touch on what's the 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 i guess your your link between between acting and photography how you're how you take all of that stuff that was already a part of you at an early age and what you do to pull that into your photography world okay i see i think i see it a lot more with your with your portraits and stuff now with your you know, with your imagination and the way that you see things, the way that you think through things, uh, and the way that you kind of talk um, to your clients. Not to mention your some of your recent work. You talked uh, in one of your um, one of your posts that you know she stretches your your limits. One of your one of your subjects, a longtime friend, and the way that you're able to um, I don't want to say play. Um, but that you you almost are have to work in tandem as an actor. You act and react uh, with your client as you're kind of be creating this beautiful portraiture that you've been doing. Thank you so much. I'm so glad we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, then I picked up a camera, and my life <laughs> changed dramatically. I like that he just shifted it back. So all right, so you picked up the camera, right? Yes. So. At that point, like, did you do the thing that so many of us do where you go, I've got this thing and I've got to make some money. So whatever like gets in front of my camera, I'm going to go after it. Or did you decide is like, no, here's the things that that really trip my trigger and I'm going here. Well, when I when I first picked up a camera, I didn't I didn't really. I was still acting it at the time, and so it was like a hobby for me, much like a lot of people use photography as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was literally shooting everything. I was just I still remember going to a park with my with my girlfriend and uh, taking my first ever portrait that I ever shot of her and thinking, oh my, like you can't ever take 
I'll never be able to t- top this. This is this is like this is amazing. And now I look back at it and I want to kill myself. Anyway, um, so so you've topped it is what you're saying. A little bit, yeah. Not not too much though. Not too much. My work hasn't improved that much. Anyway, um, so I'm trying to circle back to the question. Yes, uh, I kind of did. I kind of did everything when I started. I was shooting. I was shooting everything. Um, and then I remember going to a friend's house and she's, she was older. She still is older than me. I didn't catch up. She's older than me and she was, she's an artist. She's a painter and I respected her opinion very much. And so at the time I went to her house and I took my entire catalog of 30 final images that I had to her. And it was literally everything. Like you had landscapes, you had products, you had people, whatever. And she, I liked her because she was always very honest, right? And she looked at the work. I showed her everything. And then that's actually, here's another, here's another thing, just a little side note. I learned something there that I've, that I still do to this day, which is every time I show somebody my work, I give them the medium, be it my book, my, my book of pictures or my iPad. And I walk away. I never stand there just looking at them like, huh? Huh? Is it good? Huh? Isn't it cool? Am I good or what? No. And at the time, I was right, like, I was next to a TV. I was sitting next to the TV, and she was right across from me. So she was looking at the images, and I was just staring at her like, right? What do you think about this one? Isn't this good? Anyway, at the end of it, she goes, okay, do you want me to be honest with you? I was like, yeah, of course. You suck. (laughs) Wow. And I was like, really? And she says, yep, you suck at you suck at everything, man. You suck at landscapes, you suck at port, you suck at products, you suck at street photography. And I'd been in Paris that for that summer, and I took some street pictures in Paris, and I was really proud of them. She completely crushed my dreams. But then she said, But there's one thing where I see potential, and that's your portraiture. I went, well, I think I'm going to shoot portraits from now on because uh, apparently it's the only thing I can shoot. To this day, it's still the only thing I can, I can shoot to save my life. Um, I got to say, though, just as a, as a point about your personality, I love that she just hammered you. And you never, your reaction wasn't, oh, man, I should just give up. I shouldn't do photography at all. Your reaction was, cool, I'll shoot portraitry. Yeah sucks including your portraiture but maybe you could do portraiture and you're like cool that's what i'm doing yeah i just need i just needed to see a little bit of a a sliver of light at the end of the tunnel that's what she gave me that's awesome and that that speaks to you know why you are where you are now so but you know the follow-up question to that is like do you still have you know urges to shoot a landscape or street or anything like that or not really no um I really fell in love with with portrait photography a long time ago. Uh, I say it was 2011. No, it was 20. I picked up a camera in 2011. I start. I went. I started make. I got my first client in 2012. I'll never forget it. So okay. So do you think that um, you had any t- type of connection or? Um, like, do you, what do you think she was seeing when she said maybe you have, you know, potential in portraiture? Like, did you could you look back and say I had some kind of connection with my client? Do you 
was there was there anything there that you can recognize as to why she saw potential there? What she told me was when you shoot landscapes, it looks like you grabbed your phone and took the picture, right? It looks like you just walked up, snapped the picture and walked away, uh, which wasn't true, by the way. I was like staked out. I remember shooting at night, just trying to get some light trails from cars and staying there for two hours trying to get the perfect picture and i showed her that and she's like yeah it's just some cars <laughs> it's just some, it's just some lights going around a, a, a roundabout yeah good for you and what she said was when you shoot portraits there's there's something there where it's it's the way you're 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 framing it it's it's the mood of the shot it's how people look there's a feeling there that I'm not getting from any other genre of photography you're doing. Mm. Still to this day, I mean, I st the only thing that I do other than portraiture is some architecture photography because sometimes, like I work, uh, I, I have a lot of clients that have Airbnbs and stuff and they ask me to go take pictures of the, of the apartments. And it's like, I just boom, just go in there, shoot, 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 and walk out. I mean, it's, 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 it's money shot. I mean, it's, it's, I just do it for money. I, I was going to say money shots, but then I backpedaled because no, I no, realized. You, did. you said it. But, yeah. but you did say it. God um, damn it. Yeah. yeah. I, I wonder if, if that was kind of, again, from the very beginning, you're talking about the, you know, being an actor and, and, and doing that. I think me coming from the acting world, Ben coming from the theater world, it's, there's, there's something to, you know, actors with people. There's that you have to connect in, yeah. in order to be in, in any way, I don't want to say talented, but any way successful in the acting world and the theater world, you, you have to connect with people. You have to be able to connect with people. And yeah. I think that she saw that. Especially that being a stage probably. actor. I think if I was just doing oh, yeah. TV or, 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 or film, it would be different. But being a stage actor, I mean, one of the things that I still remember... And here's the thing is that I've always been like that because it's funny that you said like she told me I sucked and I just decided to move forward. I, st I remember doing uh, so we were doing a fine like a play for our final exercise in school. And um, our director decided to give me a lead role. And I was like, oh, God, I had never had a lead role to that day. I was like, OK, so for, for the final exercise, you give me something that I've never done before. Yeah, this is going to be great. And um, he was really tough on me. He was really tough on anybody, but he had these students that he thought were great. And he was especially hard on those. And I, I distinctly remember doing, uh, we're, we're having the production one night and I was, and I just walked up to him backstage and I was like, Hey, how do you think it's going? Is it going okay? It was like, no, shitty rhythm. You're doing horribly. Nobody's interested. You should, you, I don't know what, I don't know how else to tell you that this is horrible. And I just, I just thought to myself, you asshole, <laughs> you, you freaking asshole. How can you say this to me in front of, in, in the middle of the production? Like, you know what? I'm going to prove you wrong. And I did. And at the end of the show, he was like, Hey, it worked. What do you mean it worked? Yeah. I just did it. So, so you would, you know, I, I just threw you in the deep end. It's like, okay. Oh, all right. Well, I'm glad I, I'm glad I got it right. Can you imagine if I went, oh, my God, this sucks. I'm going home. Well, and, you know, with with, I guess, 
all of that and that story about, you know, could, the way that your personality has kind of been ingrained in you for a long time. Is that, do you think, a little bit to do with, you know, it's the nature versus nurture question. Like, you're, like, I, I know I know very little about, you know, your early life as, like, a kid with, like, your mom and stuff. And your mom, you know, was uh, a tour guide, right? And so she, like, she taught you English from a very young age, which is why you sound amazing with very little accent at all uh, when, you, when you speak English, which a lot of people don't believe that you're bred and true Portuguese. Yeah, I've uh, had to Portugal. pull my, my ID card on multiple occasions. Yeah. And so so I, I guess I, I want to know a little bit more of, about that. Like, was that something that she always, like, pushed and said, you know, be positive and don't let anybody, like, tell you no? Or was that just... Um, not really. My, well, the one thing that my mom has always done with me is um, she's always told me, I don't care what you want to do in your life. It doesn't matter to me. If you want to sweep streets for the rest of your life, as long as you're happy, I'm okay. The only thing that I demand of you is that you be the best. That's the only thing that she's ever said. Like, it doesn't matter what you want to do. It only matters that you strive to be the best in, in whatever capacity you can. Best in your city, best in your country, best in the world. It doesn't matter. Just you have to strive to be the best. And it, that always stays with me. So, like, I, um, I have this thing about I don't quit. I just don't stop, you know? There's no, oh, my God, I'm, I'm packing my stuff and I'm giving up on this. No, it's just I don't, it's not in me. It's never been. I mean, it's not, it's very difficult for me to admit defeat, which I have sometimes. Well, I think we all do, you know, here and there, you know, it's, you know, especially the way of the artist, our artist brain can get in our way and sometimes things feel defeated and then we remove our heads from our asses and move forward. And it, you know, it sounds like moving forward has kind of been your jam anyway. Yeah. Um, so let, let's go back to the portrait side of things. It's like, so you, so you started down with like portraits, like, did you, when you were doing that, did you go immediately to headshots or were you like doing like, where, what was that journey, that path? I was super lucky because I remember in 2012, this happened in 2012. This conversation happened in 2012. And the next day I went, okay, so if I want to be a portrait photographer, I should do some research about how to become a better portrait photographer and how to take better portraits. And I go on YouTube and I search how to take better portraits and you know, a long list of stuff comes up. And then I did this video from a Google Plus conference. By the way, Google Plus is dying. It's, it's like Google is shutting it off if, you, if you're not aware of this. They should have done it like three years ago. Yes. Anyway, uh, there's this video. And now from my a, website from, just tanked. From a Google Plus conference where this goofy dude just laughing with a very weird high-pitched laughter. Um... <laughs> going on on stage, throwing t-shirts. And then there was this Indian dude also on stage. He had kind of a gut at the time, uh, also throwing t-shirts. And then he had this, he gave this, this speech, this, you know, he taught the conference something about headshots and what he does and, and how he directs subjects. And I was like, this is, that's what I want to do. This, that, this is the thing. This is, this is exactly what I want to do. And that was Peter. That was Peter Hurley. And so when you said that's exactly what you want to do, was it was it the personality that grabbed you or was it the 
the, the, the talk about how he shoots. How he shoots. It was 100% how he shoots. And at, well, it's also a little bit of the personality because I've always, my, my girlfriend keeps telling me that I'm a chameleon in the sense of if I hang out with somebody for too long, for, for a long period of time, I start getting stuff from them. I start like talking like them a little bit. And, you know, I've watched so many of Peter's stuff that Peter has actually asked me, let me ask you this. How much of your, of your normal English vocabulary is just stuff that you've gotten from me? <laughs> and the answer is, well, quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's just ingrained in me. Um, so that was, that, that, I was very fortunate in having that um, happen to me as soon as I decided that I want to shoot portraits. And I've never looked back. So uh, at, at what point in, in Peter's teaching life was that? Like, was, I, was PH2 up yet or, yeah. okay, but it was not yet Headshot Crew? No, it was PH2 Pro at the time. And I remember I wasn't even, I, I didn't even join PH2 Pro at the time. I just sent him something on Google Plus because Google Plus was the bomb at the time. And I sent him a- No, it wasn't. Well, if you had the, if you had the invite, yes, it was. I had it. It was, it was crap, but continue. Anyway, uh, I okay. sent him a picture on Google Plus and it was like, hey, you no, know, this looks great. Um, if, you, if you can do this caliber of work, I, don't, I wouldn't mind having you as an associate photographer of mine in Lisbon. And I, re <laughs> it's so ridiculous, but I still remember. As soon as I read that, I, was, I felt like, dude, that's it. I'm hanging it up. <laughs> I'm ha I called my mom and I was like, Mama, I made it. This very <laughs> famous man wants me to be an associate of his. And it's, this is really awesome. And she was like, oh, okay, that's great. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing to be excited uh, okay. about. Um, and so then I joined the crew. And uh, it took me a while. I joined in 2012 and I made associate after two years. Uh, I made associate in 2014. Um, but it was it was so overwhelming to me. That's why I'll scream it off the rooftop off the rooftops. It's the the community that you get in there and the support you get in there and the knowledge that you get in there. It's it was so overwhelming for me. And it was so instrumental for me to to become the photographer that I am today. That's why I always want to give back. Like that's why I keep being involved with it and wanting to do more with it. That that's why I do this podcast for the headshot crew. It's, it's, I just, um, Kevin Spacey, even though he has a bad rep right now, he has a quote that I, that I've ever since I heard it, I loved it. It's as when you, when you, when you reach high in life, when you, when you reach high levels in life, it's your obligation to send the elevator back down. Right. And I love that. I love that concept of, okay, well, I got the, I got this from this community. Now it's my, I feel like it's my obligation to send the elevator back down and help people get up to where I am. Which is awesome. Hashtag crew love. Uh, is that a thing? Are, are we hashtagging that now? We can hashtag it. You can yeah, hashtag whatever you want, buddy. There's no rules. 
<laughs> and often I do. So let's. So you you found Peter. You started learning headshot things. Like how did you start turning that into a business and like probably because like I'm assuming at this point like photography and acting were still like your two main sources of income and like making a living. So like how how was that transition? How did you grow it into something where you could you know still buy groceries and pay the bills and stuff? Um. Well, at the time I was I was living with my mom. So I really like making money wasn't instrumental for me. And um, I just I just decided uh, my interest in, in acting slowly dissipated as my interest in photography climbed up. Like I would spend I would go to school and while I was in class, I was with my iPad watching photography tutorials. Like, I still remember that. I didn't finish college, by the way. I, I dropped out on, on my last year because I was like, this doesn't make any sense for me. Why am I spending my time here if I'm not interested in this? Like, it doesn't make any sense for me, so I'm just going to drop out. And my mom gave me a little, a, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of um, trouble for it. She was like, well, while you're there, I mean, you're in, on your final year, might as well finish. I was like, no, why am I postponing? I don't want to postpone my, my quote unquote happiness. It was my happiness. I don't want to postpone my progress. I don't want to say, well, I, I'm not, I'm going to postpone this aspect of my life that I'm more and more in love with so that I can do this. That doesn't make any sense for me. It just, it just didn't, it wasn't right. So I, I dropped out. Uh, my first client was that year. I, I had my first client in 2012 when I joined the, the, the crew. Um, poor guy. I wish I could have him back. I wish, I wish if you're listening to this and please do, please come back. Please come back to the studio so I can help you again. You, um, you could just call him. No, he doesn't. He, well, he lives. He poor, blocked me. He, <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he just doesn't live in the continent anymore. So Portugal is a continent that, and then we have a couple of islands and he's living in one of the islands. So he's not local. So I can't get him to come here. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, 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 started, I started there and then slowly, slowly, slowly started developing my, my style and my look and starting to um, understand exactly what I wanted and the, and the type of work that I really wanted to do. And this was after you, were, you had been in New York working under Peter? No, no, no. This was way before. Okay, this, so this, is this is 2012. This is, I just, this, in terms of timeline, this is like six months after I found Peter. Okay. Right? Um, I went to New York in 2015, so that was three years later. Okay. Well, you, you just, you, you just went, the, the, when I found Peter, I, I just envisioned like the Renaissance painting of like Peter at the center of the table. And then, and unfortunately that jumped into my head and now it's probably going to have to happen. Which yeah. is such a great like um, insight into each of our personalities because my thought immediately went to like a Where's Waldo look, <laughs> just like a bunch of black T-shirts in you know, in New York and trying to find the the one well, yelling. For those of you who are looking for portraits, uh, Ben's are going to be more Renaissance painting, and mine are going to be more <laughs> Waldo-ish. Yes. <laughs> Uh, accurate. Well, so cool. So, so you, you developed your business in Portugal 
um, completely influenced by, you know, by the Portuguese world, by your environment. 100%. And then you went to New York. Okay. You went to New York. You worked with Peter in 2015. Mm-hmm. For how long were you, were you his assistant? Uh, three months. I was there three. from May, well, from May to August. So kind of four months because I, I got there late May um, and I left mid-August. So, and how how did that influence your your business? The the New York you know, style, um, you know, of business, Peter's style of business, his personality, his shtick, his all of that, and being his assistant. How did that affect your business in Portugal? And did it affect it? Did some things work? That Absolutely. You pulled from the U.S. and then some things just not work at all. Well, here's the thing: is that when I the main thing that I learned from from my time in New York was how to run my business because I had never had a business. Like I was taking people's money, but I, it wasn't a business. Like I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and so I learned how to run a business with Peter. Now, a lot of people ask me like, Oh, did you learn how to market yourself? And I was like, no, cause there was no marketing. The phone just rings at the Peter Hurley studio. You just answer and go, Hey, what's up? Hey, I want headshots. Okay. Give us money. Yes. Here's the money. Okay, come in. That's how it works in the Peter Hurley you, studio. You know that like every headshot photographer listening to that just went, I want that. Yes. Don't we all? Yeah. Don't we all? But yeah, I didn't learn because I, and I would ask Peter, so Peter, what are you doing like to get clients? He was like, I'm not doing anything. People just come in. And well, I just thought, he oh. did it. He well, he did it. He did, but he was putting out like ads in the paper and stuff, which did, I, I'm not going to put an ad in the paper. I don't want to throw money in the garbage. Well, but different times. Like Sorry. when, when yeah. he was starting and like picking it up, you know, like the, you know, backstage, the, the, uh, the paper was a thing, you know, yeah, like exactly. the, the, the interwebs weren't as in all of our pockets at that point. So, you know, very different marketing time without as much noise so he was able to cut through a lot of the static that we're all inundated with all day to build a name which is gonna you know then get its own momentum so anyway i was just drinking my water yeah and uh, and again my time with peter was once again another testament of just how much just how much punishment i can endure <laughs> Okay, so no, 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 go, go down that rabbit hole. Anyways, let's, you know, well, well, what sort of punishment were you enduring? Now, we, well, I talked about this a little bit with Brittany, and that was a great episode because Brittany is, is, is his current assistant, and I, was with, and I was with Peter right before her. And um, it was just, he, I think he's a lot better now. And I, well, I know he's a lot better now because I've worked with him uh, since leaving New York. But at the time, Peter was like a no, like no, no, take no prisoners. This is what I want. And if I, this is not delivered, then there will be hell to pay. <laughs> and I don't know. It was just stuff like we, we were shipping out T-shirts for like Headshot Crew T-shirts. And so here's some context. When I was when I when I moved into New York, it wasn't for the specific uh, role of being his assistant, I was brought in to work on the crew. Like my my job was, you're responsible for the crew, managing it, um, 
creating content for it, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and we had, a, and he had another assistant. So there was three of us there. Uh, but unfortunately she had to leave. So when she left, he was like panicking. And I just told him, relax, I'm here until we find somebody else. I'll take care of everything. And it was like, you can take care of everything. It's like, yes, Peter, I'm a rock star. Let's do this. <laughs> and so for the month of, well, this happened in late June. So the month of July and a little bit in August, um, I was pretty much running the studio and running the crew. So he was like, hey, we need T-shirts out. Like, okay. Um, oh, and I need you to send, the, I need you to get the deposit from the session so-and-so, and I need you to confirm with, with so-and-so for, the, for tomorrow's session. It's like, okay. So I'm confirming with the people from tomorrow's session. It's like, are the T-shirts out? Uh, no, because I have to go to the post office and say, well, we need to get those T-shirts out, Pedro. What are you doing? It was, so, it was just tough. Um, there's this one episode, and this will give you a little insight on how Peter was at the time. He's a lot better now. I don't want to pay him, paint him in a bad way. He's a lot no, no, better no, now. No, nobody is shitting on Peter. I just like they make that clear. So we had an intensive there, and at the time, Peter was featured on the on the cover of of uh, popular photography magazine, right? And he put it on the coffee table of uh well he put it on on his coffee table of his of his front room right and one of the students of the intensive decided that that magazine was the correct place to put uh a beverage <laughs> so i'm outside i'm not in the studio so if you haven't been in the peter hurley studio there you have the student that there's this very big hall and during the intensives we set up lights in the hall right so I am in the hall setting up lights, and all of a sudden, I hear the loudest, most intense and aggressive fuck I've ever heard in my life. Just, I'm like, okay, who died? What's going on? I walk in there, and Peter's holding the magazine, and it's dripping water. It's like it's, there's water dripping from the magazine onto the floor. And I'm like, Oh, it's okay. It's, we can have another magazine. How can we get another magazine? This is, a, I can't believe who did this. And I'm like, Peter, 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 you need to calm down. We can get another issue of the magazine. Well, the magazine isn't out anymore. Do we got another? Well, we can contact the magazine and ask for a re another issue of it. You think we can do that? Yes, Peter, relax. Okay. Okay. We'll do that. All right. So where was I? And he keeps, and he moves on to shoot whoever he was shooting at the time. So that was Peter's brain at the time. Like if the, if it's if the shit hits the fan, everybody is gonna get brown. It doesn't matter. <laughs> low, really low ceiling. So like it doesn't like slowly get up to the fan. It's like no no on no the no, no. Yeah. Anyway. That was like a most descriptive analogy uh, I've ever heard. So while you're in you know Peter's studio, you guys are also like working on the book, right? Oh my god. Oh Jesus. Yes, that was grueling work. Yes. So, so um, yeah, what were you doing? So at the time, when I fly in, so a little bit of context. I contact Peter to be in New York with him. He goes, okay, great. Yes, come on over. And I was like, when do you need me? And he goes, I want you here next week. So within a week, I had to completely change my life to fly to New York and create a whole new life for myself. I get there, I can't find the studio because I'm a idiot, and I can't find it. 
So I went to his house, and I get to his house, and he's not there, so I wait for him. As soon as he gets there, he gives me a hug and goes, okay, let's go to the studio, start working. I was like, um, eight-hour flight, uh, okay. We walk in the studio. That day, we stayed, we stayed up till 2 a.m. working on the book, and this is what we were doing. So at the time, all the copy for the book was done, so he had written the entire book. But in case you don't know, Peter doesn't retouch his work. Like, he has his own retoucher, his own, like, whenever he has a client, he doesn't get the processed images. Like, his, his retoucher processes it, processes it and then sends it to the client. And so, the, we had the grueling task, and I don't even remember how many pictures we had in, the, in that book. I don't even remember the number of pictures, but every picture in that book, and if you've seen the book, it's not a low number of pictures, had to be color-corrected. And, and like color matched every single picture had to be color matched, not just color, but exposure as well, because Peter sometimes likes to get creative and uh, he likes to mess around. And then he told me like, Hey, I, I messed around a bit too much with this. Uh, can you make it look like that one? I was like, um, I guess. And it was just, it was grueling, man, because we, we would stay up until 2, 3 a.m. And, you know, working on images at 2 in the morning is not a good idea because the next day you wake up and you look at what you did and everything is garbage. So it was him shooting while I was editing pictures and then we would go to lunch and then I would edit more pictures and then we would go to dinner and we would come back to the studio and I would edit more pictures and then we would take turns taking naps. Like, okay, Peter, you take a nap, I'll edit this one, or the next three, and then we'll switch. I'll take a nap on the couch, and you edit those. So, it was like this for, like, three, I think it was, like, two or three weeks of June. And we couldn't even believe it when, when we were done, and um, getting that book was, was, was the first shipment of, of books was, was a big deal. And uh, he did something that I'm still very grateful for. So if you open the book on the thank you notes section, he thanks me for helping him out during that period, which, you know, very nice. I appreciate so what it. you're saying is that you should also be signing those books. I should. Uh, yes. Yes, this is true. Yes. So if you need a signature for the book, it should also come with my name on it. Yeah. So you're going to be at, at PPE uh, here in like a week. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you're working the booth, just sign them. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I mean, the book, the name of the book should really be Peter Hurley featuring Pedro George. Oh, he's gonna cut you. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right, so I'm joking, Peter. The, we, <laughs> I have to say it. I have to say it. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. We, we're, we're having fun. It's fine. So what ended up, you know, so you're in New York for, for three months. What, uh, what sent you back across the pond? A myriad of, a myriad of subjects. So, um. And you it, can tell me to shove off. That's fine. No, you it was, I, I just don't want to go too far into it. It was just, it was a tough time. And I wanted, so I, I, at the time I was, well, I'm still in the relationship with, with that woman, but, um, <laughs> that woman, that woman, anyway, she's gonna um, love that. now we were, she doesn't listen to this. Thank God. <laughs> um, 
So we were we were supposed to move in together, and then something came up where she could move in, and I just felt very lonely and other professional things. So I just felt like coming back was was the right move for me, and that was actually one of the first times where I feel I still feel to this day like I think I quit. Like I I still like to this day I still feel like damn it. Mm. I couldn't manage. I couldn't make everything work. I couldn't stay there living what I the life that I wanted to live. But to be fair, everything worked out great because Peter then got Brittany. I procreated. <laughs> everything is great. Now, well, those two things aren't related. No, they're like... not directly related. But if I had stayed there, Peter might have not gotten Brittany. And I might have not had the, the amazing son that I have now. So everything turned out great. Yeah, well, so where I wanted to go from all of that, uh, uh, as opposed to going to your extracurricular activities, <laughs> was, <laughs> you know, how was it like refiring up your business? Like, like you, you had your thing running and then you go to New York, so you're away from it for three months, four months, whatever it was, and then you go back. So, you know, how was it refiring? Like, was it an issue? Does that make sense? It was a nightmare. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a really tough time for me, because, you know, the analogy that I always like to use is: Do you know those, uh, those like walking, like those, those moving pathways that you get in the airport? Yeah, the the ones that people Maybe get so. on and just stand there yes, like exactly. an asshole well, instead of moving. If, if yeah. you walk on them, and then once you get off them, you feel like this. Oh crap. Now I got to go back to my usual rhythm. That's how I felt when I moved from New York back into Lisbon because the rhythm of the city itself is so much faster than Lisbon mm. that I felt like I had adapted to this crazy rhythm of a city of of New York and then I felt like oh crap I can't move forward now. Like I have to slow everything down. It was it was tough, man. It was tough and then it was the realization that um the fact that I, I had the fact that I was I had been in New York really didn't carry that much weight here in here in Portugal because people don't care. People don't give a shit, even though we like to think that they care like, oh, my God, I'm like, I was a New York photographer. People don't give a shit. No, they they don't give all. two shits. So it was the real it was a lot of things at the same time. My relationship was not in the best place at the time either. So it was just a bunch of stuff together combined that brought. Just, just a punch to the groin in my life. <laughs> Which, you know, I'm glad we we got to groin punching. I mean, it's, did you <laughs> did you feel like you had to like reach out to former clients? Like, like, what did you do to like start getting your client base back? And it's part of the reason I want to go there is I know there's a lot of photographers who listen who are still struggling to get clients in the door without having left the city and coming back. So I think that might add some additional perspective and maybe be able to throw a few nuggets that open something up for maybe somebody. So as crazy as this may sound, um, what unlocked it for me was, sorry, um, when I got back to, so I never had a studio up until New York. I was always shooting out of my mom's living room. By the way, thank you, mom, for having the patience of letting me shoot in there. Um, I never listen to the podcast. 
No, she doesn't. I just wanted to put it out there. Um, nobody listens to the po- to this podcast from this side of the of the world. Like nobody in Portugal gives a crap about this podcast. Anyway, um, enough about my my problems. Um, what was I saying? Well, we were talking about. Oh, I didn't like have a studio. Client, but yeah. I didn't have a studio, right? I was shooting out of my out of my mom's living room. When I came back from New York, I was like, I was just in the in one of the most beautiful, spacious, and amazing studios I've ever seen in my life. I can't go back to my mom's living room. That's not going to happen. And so I decided, so I took a little hiatus from shooting and from the crew at the time uh, to work on myself. And when I decided, okay, I'm ready to come back, uh, I'm ready to start working again, um, I decided I need a studio, right? I need to get a space, a professional space for me, for me to work, and that that's my workplace. And... I really didn't get much in terms of work up until the moment where I had the studio. As soon as I had the studio, there was something in me that went, okay, now I have this, now I have to pay for it. Like, I have to make money to pay for it. And that lit a fire under my ass. And every time I've switched studios, the same thing has happened. So every time I switch studios, I get more work because of it. So I think now the studio where I am right now is it's the most expensive place I've ever paid for in my life. It's the most amount of monthly money that I've ever paid for. So I think it's I, I I'm glad that it's expensive for me for Lisbon prices. Like my studio is 750 euros, which for you for the US market, it may be standard for Lisbon. It's like ridiculously expensive, right? And I'm glad it's ridiculously, ridiculously expensive because it's, a, it's an everyday wake-up call that, dude, you better make, it this work, make this work because if you don't, you're screwed, right? Well, and to, to, to keep tying back um, to what Ben was saying with, with how other photographers are trying to build business and you know, what they struggle with, um, especially with people in the crew who are you know, watching Peter Hurley and, you know, doing their best to emulate what he does. And I'm sorry for skipping way too far ahead, you know, 20 minutes ago, but that's, you know, that's my big question is what did you learn from Peter in New York and with his business that you tried to use in Portugal and found out like, this doesn't work. I can't, it's, it's, I need to do something completely different. So what worked and what didn't work when you are restarting and as you continue to to grow and and do your business, you know, in Portugal, because a lot of people are going to try to do, you know, what Peter does or what another photographer do does. Okay. Um, well, main thing was pricing. Right. I was getting paid as a New York photographer when I came back to Lisbon. I still wanted to get paid as a New York photographer. That's never going to happen. I mean, it can happen, but it, not in the not in the Portuguese market, you know. I can be a I can be a Portuguese photographer getting paid New York rates, but not in this not in this market. Am I making myself clear? Yeah, yeah, because there there's big considerations. I mean, there's cost of living things and all. Exactly. It's like you know, like saying like I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. I can't, or you know, I'm not going to be able to charge three thousand dollars for a headshot session here right now yet. Yeah, I remember like the first time where I had a client pay me. $1,200 cash plus 200 for tip. I couldn't believe I had never held that much amount of money in my, in, in my hand. 
like that all that money combined in my hand i was like oh my god <laughs> yes this is it i found it this is the place for me and so when i came back i was like people were paying me and i was like oh okay is this it that's it ah oh, jesus <laughs> what a horrible mistake i made anyway um well, pricing was the first one, and then the other one was um, overall attitude, and I'll explain this. Uh, like I said, I have a very, I have a, a strong chameleon inside me, so I, I, I take things from people, and I had never run a business before, and Peter was, at the time, was a little bit, a little bit ruthless, a little bit ruthless, I say this with love. Um, with me and with uh, the makeup artists. And so I got that. Like that that was, I ingrained that into my, because I saw that like, okay, this is the, this is the most successful photographer that I know. He's doing this. So th this is how things are done. And when I came back t to Lisbon and I started working with uh, makeup artists and stuff, well, I, I was also lucky because my main makeup artist then became my, girlfriend she's still my main makeup artist she's a rock star and i would have these moments where i'm like what are you doing with the what are you doing with the mascara let's way too much mascara take that shit off and she wouldn't say anything and at the end of the shoot she would like if you ever talk to me like that again i will i will kick you in the dick in front of your client i don't give a crap who it is you never talk to me like that ever again and it was the conflict where I'm like, but this is what a successful photographer does. And now I look back and I think, what are you, what are you? well, I was a kid, right? Well, I, was st I still am. I was 22 at the time. I didn't know anything. Like, I didn't, I didn't know anything about running a business or have, being a photographer. I didn't, know what being, I didn't know what being a photographer means. I don't think I, I, I still, I don't, still, to this day, I, I don't think I do. Right. I'm still discovering it. But at the time it was very I was extremely green. I wasn't even green. I was I was I was uh, transparent. Um, so I got I tried to absorb any sort of personality that I that, that I could from Peter, like, okay, this is what a photographer does. And it was uh it was a, a rude wake up call, like, no, that's not what a photographer does at all. You need to calm down. You know, and, and I, if you don't mind me interjecting, I, I don't think that's necessarily uh, it, I, I don't think it's an age thing there with each absorbing what one thinks that uh, another, somebody they look up to, you know what I mean? It's like, so when I started with a camera, I had no idea what it meant to be a photographer and how it worked. And, you know, and I was following Peter and there were a lot of, um, successful looking photographers in my area and those sort. And so I'm watching what all of them do on social media. I'm still trying to learn how to do it. And so I'm going, okay, well, I got to do this and I got to do that. And once I get to time, for me to step back and go, no, 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 I get to meet, be me, and this is what I want to do, and then everything shifted a gear for me, and then I actually started to grow as an artist and as a business owner and those sorts of things. So it's it's actually interesting to to hear you say that you kind of 
you know, had some of those same experiences and going, no, I, I saw somebody else do this. So that's what I did, you know? So it's, I, I yeah, I, I think that's a pretty common thread. I think if we were to, you know, pull that on the headshot crew, we would see a lot of people say the same thing. And it was interesting. I still remember. Um, so at the time, Peter had this company called Cyphotology, which is what he was working with a psychologist and that this company where you would combine photography and psycho psychology together. And we were doing a Cyphotology event for the for the 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 company, like the the Cyphotology, the team. We were um, doing an event all together, and part of it was some of them hadn't been shot yet, and Peter was exhausted. I don't know what what he had done. The, I can't remember what he was doing that day. He was exhausted. He want to shoot, and he asked me, "Hey, can you shoot these people?" I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And so I started shooting them, and Peter was sitting down on the couch with Anna Rowley, which was his business partner. Um, and she's, I overheard this, right? So I have hears of an hawk of a hawk, right? And so I'm shooting. Is that not a, an expression? It's just, I, I'm, I'm not aware of it, but I love what, it. Not, who has, which animal hawks. has really good ears? No, it's the eyes of a hawk, right? Yeah. There you go. Who's got good ears? <laughs> Who's got good ears? Mine are pretty phenomenal. I, okay. I, I eventually grew into them, so they don't stick off as good. Okay, anyway, I've got the continue. ears of Ben Markham, right? And so, there you go. And so I'm shooting, and I, I hear Anna go tell Peter, he's really good. He's a really good photographer. And Peter goes, yeah, he's really good. Like, like he's still got something to learn. Like, he's still got some, some stuff to learn. Like, he's not, he's not where I am yet. He'll get there. He's not me, but he'll get there. And as soon as I heard that, I turned to him and I said, you're right. I am not you. I don't shoot like you. I can't shoot like you. But here's the thing, Peter. You can't shoot like me either. And the entire room just went, uh-oh. Okay, hold on. And he just started laughing. And then we had a conversation. That's one of the things that I most miss about my time in New York is that the, the conversations that I had with Peter late late night in the studio where we would just shoot the shit and talk about stuff. And we had that conversation at night where I was like, well, I brought it up. I was like, I hope you weren't upset or offended with what I said. It was like, you know what? It, it, it threw me off balance. I wasn't expecting you to say that. And I respect you for it, you know, because you're right. You're not, you, you'll never be able to shoot like me, but I can't shoot like you either. We're both, great photographers it doesn't matter like we're both good like yeah we are <laughs> so yeah embrace yourself and don't i guess the message behind that is don't try to do what other people do find your own voice and that's something that we find a lot in the crew and a lot of people have asked me like oh i can't make associate because i can't shoot like peter i don't have that energy i can't make the hurlyisms work and I, I, my main response to it is they're called Hurleyisms for a reason. They're meant to become out of, like they're supposed to come out of the word of the Hurley. You need to find your own voice. Like I, I rarely use misdirection nowadays. Yes, yeah, same. Well, and it's I'm actually, I'm gonna loop all the way back to the top of this podcast. Good lord, I know. But it gets back to, and I say this to a lot of my actors actually. It's it's back to 
based, you know, so much of what your job was as an actor was to connect with the other person on stage with you and to the audience. So you, you had to have multiple connections going on. We as photographers have to do the exact same thing. We have to connect with the person in front of us to get the real things. And whether you're using hurlingisms of misdirection or whatever, or you're just talking to people, whatever you do to connect. But then at the same time, we have to be able to make images that then connect with their viewers later. So it's it's all connection and stuff. And I, I love that you go, you know, it's I rarely use misdirection. They're hurlyisms. You know, that stuff is foundation. Yeah. But once you figure out how to do it, you know, with with realness, everything changes. Well, and I love that that's probably one of the most valuable points of this entire podcast, to be perfectly honest, is that so many times, I mean, we all, we all learn by emulation. Everybody does. I mean, we all, you know, you start speaking at a young age by mimicking what this, the sounds that are coming out of your, your parents' mouth or the people around you. You start by trying to do what other people do, and then eventually you find your own voice, literally, as you kind of grow up. Uh, and it's the same with, with any business or um, art or whatever. You start by emulating, you know, the, a, a mentor or a teacher or, you know, whatever, an idol. And you reach a point where, you know, obviously you did, Pedro, where it's, hey, this is, this is my voice now. And I want to kind of turn 10 degrees and move in this direction. Uh, and 20 years from now, it'll be very difficult to kind of see, you know, where, you know, Peter is and where you are because you shifted. You're now influenced by, by other things. You're, you're separate from him. And you made a clear distinction of how you shoot and how you want to shoot um, to where I can look at your work and say, that's, that's Pedro George. And that there are other photographers now who are looking at your work going, wow, I want to shoot like Pedro. That will eventually learn that they're not Pedro. And side note, you posted one this morning on Instagram that totally stopped me. I was drinking coffee and scrolling. I was like, oh, shit. So well done. Thank you, sir. Yeah. So we're, we're coming up close to an hour point here. So I want to rapid fire some stuff at you if you're okay with that. Shoot. And really, I don't care if you're okay with it. It's what I'm going to do. I know. Uh, and, and Dave, feel free to, you know, sling things in here as well. Uh, so at, at this point in your career and in your life, what are your biggest goals as a photographer? Becoming a, well, my main goal right now is to see one of my pictures on the front cover of a magazine. Like, a, okay, Dave, go. Uh, so, okay. So what are your biggest challenges in um, balancing your photography and professional life with your family life, with your girlfriend and now your son? It's my focus. So I'm a very focus-driven guy. So if I'm focused on one thing, it's very difficult for me to go, um, oh, let me focus on this aspect of my life too. And that's been a, a, a huge um, point of argument in my relationship where I'm like, yeah, but I got the new studio. I got to get the studio and I got I to gotta, I gotta start shooting and I got to shoot and I got to make money and I got to blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, dude, young child, he's your son. You should probably take care of him. So it's, it's, it's managing focus. So biggest inspirations. Um, 
Andy Leibovitz, uh, Peter, obviously. Um, Ryan Parker. Ryan Parker, guys. Pay attention. If you're not paying close attention to Ryan, pay attention. Um, yeah, dude's killing it. I love Mark Seliger. I love uh, Chris Knight. I'm loving what Chris is doing. I don't know. A bunch of stuff. I've, I've, every time. So I've, I've done some housekeeping on my Instagram. And I pretty much follow only photographers that I admire and that I enjoy looking at their work. So every time I go on Instagram, I'm not looking at your cat's pictures or whatever. I'm looking at your work and I'm drawing inspiration unless you're Ben, in which case I have to look at Neville's pictures because I'm, I follow Neville on Instagram. Well, because Neville is art. That's true. It's just, yeah. It's uh, at Neville underscore R Nelson. I think I'll post it later. Today. Wait, what, how old are you now? Sorry, the no connection idea. broke 27? over there. I didn't hear what you yeah. said. Can you repeat? That's perfect. How, how old are you? 26, right? now. 25 right now. I'm going to be 26 in a couple of weeks. Okay, so what would almost 26-year-old Pedro tell 18-year-old Pedro? Um, work on yourself. Like, calm down, work on yourself, and you have time. And I, st- like... 30 and I'm sure that 30 year old Pedro will say this to 26 year old Pedro calm down you're only 26 you can you can take your time and enjoy your life you don't have to uh, you don't have to look at other people and say oh my god why am I not there well that's because they're 40 you're 26 calm down I'm 40 and I'm a damn train wreck so no. all right so, okay, so, for instance, my brother's 30, right? And I keep saying, my gosh, my brother's so successful and I'm where I am. Well, when my brother was 25, he was a piece of crap. <laughs> I hope he listens to the show. Sorry, buddy. I love you. <laughs> All right. Uh, biggest fear? Uh, it used to be spiders, but I kind of conquered it. Um, Not... Oh, this is going to sound horrible, but not being liked. Ooh. I guess. No, it's not horrible. It's not horrible. Not being liked. Like, if people, like, have a genuine, like, if they detest me genuinely, I don't, I, that scares me. So where do you, where do you find your biggest, I guess, encouragement or your peace? Like, when you've had a day where you feel like 17 people dislike you or you've just had a terrible day at the studio where do you find, you know, your peace? Like, do you sit quietly? Do you just go play with your kid? Do you eat good food? Like, what's, where do you find your kind of comfort and peace? I, I, I try to figure out a, a, a myriad of, of activities in my life where I can just shut everything off. Um, I'm very lucky because being behind the camera is one of them. So even, even if I'm having a bad day at the studio and I'm miserable, at the end of the day, I still feel... I still got to do what I love to do. And then woodworking is another one. I'm also a musician, so I, I play drums and I sing and um, and painting my backdrops. You know, there's a bunch of stuff that I really enjoy doing that really gets my mind off of what happened and does a mental reset. Favorite curse word? Favorite curse word? I would say fuck. Yeah, that's, that's, like, uh, that's the curse word that I use the most. 
Would you like me to use it in this sentence? Because that there's this one. Fuck me swinging is my favorite one. All right. Nice. Uh, there we go. So I think that is an appropriate place to wrap this some bitch up. Please do. So all right. Actually, uh, no. Tell- no, I take it back. Sorry. And well, I shouldn't, oh. but I will take it back. My favorite curse word. And don't hate me, people. And I never, I rarely say it, but when I do, it feels, it, it's just so poetic, is the C word. But you just couldn't say it here. I can't say it on the podcast. It's a little too harsh for the podcast. All right. So. All right. All right. So, That's why I went with, 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 uh, fuck. All right. So kaleidoscope is his favorite, uh, curse word. I'm sorry. So. All right, uh, let's go. So tell tell people where they that's, can find you the, on the uh, on okay. the digital places. Wait, what? I was tell, yeah. Dave was flapping his gums. Uh, tell people where they can find you on the interwebs. Oh, you can. It's it's Pedro George J O R G E photo with an F F O T O um, everywhere. So my website is pedrogeorgephoto.com. All my social media handles are Pedro George photo. Just find me and like me because I'm afraid of not being liked. All right. And, um, since you're going to be at PPE, is that next week? Two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. Two weeks. All right. And a lot of these folks that are listening to this are going to be there. What is your favorite cocktail so that they can buy those for you? Oh, uh, okay. I'll tell you, you can get me anything except Jaeger bombs. There you go. So Jaeger bombs. It's just Jaeger bombs are the are the drink that really fucks me swinging. (laughs) You kaleidoscope. All right, uh, we are over an hour, and um, I I think this is swell. So thank you for letting us probe your brain. Thank you guys. Swell. That was. Was, did, did it feel weird being on that side of the mic? A little bit, yeah. Now it didn't feel weird talking about myself. I have no problem doing that. It's we know. Uh, um, it's the fact that I didn't know what was. I didn't know what to expect, right? So yeah, was, neither did we. We so great. Yeah, uh, Dave. Anything that you want to say as we wrap this sucker up? No, I just. I mean, I just want to say, you know, thank you to Pedro. He's, you know, he's been a major influence in the crew. Um, and, you know, consequently a major influence in my life and so many others as to, you know, you've set the tone, um, cause you were there at the very beginning of what the headshot crew was. And you kind of set the tone of being positive, being encouraging and helping people kind of move forward, um, and find their own voice. I was clear um, about like, hey, you know, here's here's what's not working for you, but here's this may work for you. Try this, or you know, this is looking good, or whatever. Um, but you've been you, you're a major influence all the way around. So I just want to say thanks for for uh, just who you are and what you bring to the world of photography, even outside of Headshot Crew. Thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah, well said, Dave. Where can people find you online? Uh, they can find me at dlcaptures.com. Um, which is my main website, or on the Instagram, which is dl underscore captures. What a nightmare. Um, 
listen, the underscore is necessary. We're not going to go there again. Because you guys both are shaking your heads, and I can't, I can't deal with you. You guys are the meanest people I've ever met in my life. I'm being nice. Just because you're, yet again, wearing that shirt straight out of Maurice's closet. <laughs> Nobody can see this. So they don't, well, they're all but, but they all just... They they all just got a middle vision. So oh between Lisa's shirt and the um, three musketeers. You're all right. All of you that, that have this thought in your head, you're correct. Oh yeah, my, it's exactly. Dude, I just had a brilliant idea. Oh, did you? Yes. I think we did at the end. So I am going to bring my microphone to New York City. And we will do a live episode of the podcast. Wait, you every- just that? It just popped into my brain, Ben. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's happening, but we'll don't, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, I'm, hi- I'm if you all want, I'm happy to Skype in for that, or I'll just drink and listen to you guys later. Now we want you there, obviously, Ben. Oh. We want you involved. You're a big part of this. I, I have fun. Um, cool. Uh, is there anything else? I don't no, think because so. we don't need to know about where Ben's stuff is. We really well, don't. Yeah, I guess. Ben, what can people find out more about you? I, I wasn't actually looking for that lead-in, but I'll take it. For the two uh, people who don't know yet. Yeah. Uh, the website, the headshot website is benmarkham.com. Portrait website is benmarkhamportraits.com because I'm creative. Uh, and you can find me on Instagram at benmarkhamphoto. And uh, yeah, I think that's... I think that's everything for today. That's enough. All right. Okay. Thank you very much, gentlemen. This is. Well, you don't get to end it. Shut up. You didn't get to start it. You don't get to end it. Stop it. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening this week. We had an awesome time interviewing Pedro. And um, then, yeah, look forward to seeing it. Well, these guys look forward to seeing you guys at PPE. I will still be in Louisville, uh, but I will be with you all in spirit. Everybody have a great week. Bye-bye. Just tell me when to press the button. All right, guys. Like that, that was, that's it. He said that was the episode. Press the button. That felt weird. Man, that felt weird. That, I, I was not expecting that. So, um, yeah, you got a lot more information about me than you really needed. Really, you didn't ask for this, but now you have it. So thank you for Ben and David for doing that. Um, yeah. By the way, guys, Headshot Crew, tremendous coaching platform, guys. The headshot, the coaching platform. If, you, if you're trying to get more into portraiture or headshots, we're very specialized in headshots, but we're really about all genres of portraiture. So if you like taking portraits and you, want to know, and you want to know more about what it is that makes a great portrait and how to take better portraits, just join the crew. Do yourself a favor. Join us in there. I'll see you in there. All right, guys, that's it for this, for this episode. I will see you next week and have a wonderful rest of day. All right, bye.